Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Transformers the last night. Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight. Hello and welcome to another Standing Stanley Tucci. I'm Hannah. And I'm David. We're here to talk about a particular film, a very Tucci film. It's the sort of film that you would expect a Tucci to be in. It's a very New York film. It's very New York. It's got New York in the title. <laughs> it's called Slaves of New York, which the problematic nature of the title. Oof. Oof. But it will it, it will surprise you, the film. I mean, I, I, I think I would recommend this one, honestly. Just to start. Oh out. god, would you? I, I would. To the um to the fans of literary film adaptation, no. obscure VHS copies of 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 strange women's experience of the New York art scene. No, I would recommend this to people who still liked girls even after the final season. That's who I would recommend this to. This is proto girls. <laughs> I, I don't think it's quite girls, but it's It's proto girls. It was the girls of its time, you know? Well have you ever considered that maybe we're just squares, Hannah, that we're not we're not beholden to the art scene? That we're a bunch of no, square. No, I fucking live in New York. Yeah, you live David. in New York, but do you David. live New York? That's my question. Yeah, I fucking live New York, and like, <laughs> let me tell you, these are the worst people in New York. Like, I know artists and musicians in New York. These are the worst. They're the worst. I just, I, I just don't know if it, it doesn't cop to that. I mean, they seem terrible in the film as well. Yeah, I mean, they do seem terrible in the film. It was, I don't know. It was an unenjoyable film about unenjoyable people. That was my takeaway. <laughs> I, I think, I think that's true. I think that, I think both of those things are true. Though. I would say Stanley Tucci is like a bright point in the film. I don't know what your thoughts were. <laughs> for, for a brief but but bright shining light in the film, as he always is. Oh yeah, I mean I'll I'll say this: Bernadette Peters is fantastic, but I didn't care for her character. <laughs> yeah, well we'll we'll get into it. But first, I thought we'd we'd switch it up and have our our Tucci news early this uh, yes. this week. If uh, if you're watching our video podcast, you can see Hannah's background is from Tucci's <laughs> most recent appearance on the Drew Barrymore show, otherwise known as Drew. Who knew that was a thing? Everyone knew the Drew Barrymore hey. show. Come on. You haven't seen a million ads? I'm, I am a square, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, she had some, like, cocktail-making seven-year-old named Leo on, which definitely tracks because Leo is the most popular name for seven-year-olds if we're going by my three-person pod that has two Leos. <laughs> Everyone's naming their kid Leo. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's a renaissance name, right? I guess you know, it's come be, back. To be a renaissance man. <laughs> but uh, basically, this was for Drew Barrymore's spooky Halloween episode, uh, and also in promotion of the witches. So they brought ah. Stanley Tucci on. And of course, his most recent viral moment is just like sticking with him for all of 2020. Yeah. Um, because so, no one's doing anything else. Right. There's nothing else. All we can do is just worship this man who filmed himself drinking a mixed drink in a sexual fashion. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> Love it. Mm. So they brought on this viral eight-year-old who mixed a just a Shirley Temple or just had a Shirley Temple at a restaurant and then just started going. <laughs> but also Drew Barrymore can't think of the fucking word 
moniker, and so just says his pen name <laughs> is the Shirley Temple King. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure this kid can barely write his, seven sentences. Like, he does not have a pen name. His nom de plume. Yeah, like, what are you talking about, Drew Barrymore? But I think it is kind of a cute segment, though it is extremely uh, cringe, partly because it's this Zoom television interface where Stanley is on a delay watching this kid make a new Stanley Tucci Shirley Temple. Uh, a a no, Stanley it's a Temple. Tucci Temple. Ah, the Tucci, Tucci Temple. Temple. I would have. I probably would have called it the Stanley Temple, but I. That I, makes I don't more know. sense. But the uh, kids go for alliteration, man. Right. I mean, I like alliteration too. And I honestly bet you, I'm also. 1,000% sure that the producers came up with that name. <laughs> and we're like, kid, this is what it's called. I, I was thinking I was thinking Leo's parents. I was thinking that they're more involved in, in Leo's, like, production of brand. Maybe. Who knows? Poor Leo is all I have to say. Okay, what bothered me about this segment is, well, you can see behind me if you're watching on YouTube. At the end, they sort of, like, present their drinks through <laughs> and this kid to Stanley Tucci as if they're offering, uh, like, sacrifices to a god, and he's, like, this giant head behind them. <laughs> the blood um, of the Tucci. The body <laughs> of the Tucci. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. But... I didn't understand why some producer didn't, like, send Stanley Tucci some ingredients ahead of time and, like, have him do it along at home. Well, I guess it had to be a surprise. I don't, I don't know. I guess. I don't know. And also probably it looks like Tucci, you know, maybe he's set up in front of a green screen somewhere. I don't think he's in a green screen, but, like, he could set up in a kitchen. He's Stanley Tucci. He's got a nice kitchen. Yeah, he, he might not have cared that much about the Drew Barrymore that's, show. Honestly, that's probably it. <laughs> To to uh, to in Britain in London pick up ingredients to make a Shirley Temple. <laughs> I mean, it's not that hard. Like no, of course yeah. not. But uh, but but a a a San Pellegrini uh, San and, Pellegrino and Italian cherries because the yeah. drink was styled in the style of Stanley Tucci, which is of course very Italian. And then Drew Barrymore takes like a sip of San Pellegrini and is like, "This is the greatest drink I've ever." It's the newest thing. And it's like, well, yeah. we haven't even added the thing that makes it a Shirley Temple yet. But, you know, that's true. Uh, but yeah, this was apparently a, a plug for The Witches, <laughs> starring Anne Hathaway and uh, Stanley Tucci, available on HBO Max now. Uh, David and I will get to it eventually. Yeah, in like six years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you... <laughs> If you want us to switch up the formula and maybe start tackling some of these Tucci's as they come out, in addition to doing the backlog, yeah. I mean, certainly he can't come up with a film every week, no. so we would still be going through chronologically, but if you want us to skip ahead for some of the new releases, uh, tweet at us at Talking Tropes or send us a message. We're very receptive. Yeah. All right. Should we Should we get to the main course? Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, right. that was terrible. Um, yeah, so, like, <laughs> how would you sum up the entirety of the film? Like, what is your, like, description? It's a t terrible film about terrible people in New York. It's proto-girls. I think I think the whole movie is, like, one extended Stefan sketch from SNL. A little bit. Where he just goes, this club has everything. A raccoon. Prince Humperdinck. <laughs> Kingsley Shacklebolt. <laughs> Uh, Betty Comden, the the writer of such famous songs. That's who that guy was. He was Prince Humperdinck. I knew I recognized the like Victor guy. 
He's like, why do I know him? Thank you, Prince Humperdinck, God. <laughs> and and Betty Comden was also there, the writer of such songs as New York, New York, Moses mm-hmm. Supposes His Toes Are Roses, Lonely Boom, Town, and Just In Time. Boom. There, There's a lot of whomst we also's in this one. I mean, this is like a who's who of just whoever was in New York that right. week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would definitely have to say the whomst I also from uh from this one for me is obviously Bernadette Peters herself, yeah. the queen, the icon. Yeah, and where did she go? Where'd you go, Bernadette? Bernadette, come back. Because that's also the name of a, a film and book. <laughs> but but she did kind of disappear from, from the acting world and, and we we appreciate you. Listen, she retired and has a great life. Like no people don't have to work until they die. Sure, but you know, Tucci never retired. He never gave up. He's not like eighty. <laughs> well, I, I hope he'll still be acting when he's eighty. And ninety. Uh, well, oh my god. I would like Stanley Tucci to have a nice retirement and not die on screen. <laughs> Too many actors go to the end. <laughs> We're losing good people out there. So let's talk about the the art world of New York in the late 80s, <laughs> early 90s. What was it like? What did we see in this film? It's all networking, which is still true today. Yes. Yeah. It's all barter system. Everyone... Which, that is definitely not a thing anymore. Almost certainly. Well, maybe not. I think I think there's still a lot of people just like in this like bohemian art community right. just being like, right. well, I'll give you this art for some art. I'll give you this All art right. for a, half a sandwich and a oh and a God. bus token. Um, right. They don't have those anymore. <laughs> no, God, no, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's fine. It's very New York, but it's also like I don't know the whole premise and title just still get me like I mean this is based on some short stories by the the screenwriter uh Tama Janowitz or Tama Tama um she she's you know she's very literary I think in her construction of the film yeah it's very uh, sure. like a bunch of short stories like a bunch of mini narratives yes very literary characters and they they act literary and they talk literary they speak very literary which I never mind in movies but maybe I'm pretentious so who knows <laughs> <laughs> well you love to read yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with, with that it, it's not very filmic but there are some filmic weird elements to this one like uh, half of the scenes are shot like with two scenes happening simultaneously uh, using like yeah like sort of like screen in screen sort of thing yeah I, I think for the most part it does not work it almost certainly doesn't but it's like it's a unique stylistic choice but the last scene that they do it with where Daria this woman who's just been sleeping with all of the, these artists to try to like get her own work in galleries the late 80s feminist slut I guess yeah the where the feminists of the film still hate her and still you're not supposed to dislike other uh we'll cut this out <laughs> <laughs> keep it in <laughs> Daria as a character, I mean, she's just the the promiscuous woman that everyone hates, even though the the goal is to present feminist ideas. You still have to present this, like, straw woman, uh, you know, philandering, man-stealing, evil, bad, non-feminist woman. Yeah, so she she shows up to the airports as, like, one of the, the artists gets on a plane to go to Rome to try to build a female, like, Jesus chapel next to the Vatican. Whatever. It's so dumb. <laughs> 
We just need female Jesus. Right, because that's what feminism was in, in 1989, I guess, in the art scene, was we need girl Jesus. Honestly, like... <laughs> I feel like if someone started in on like trans Jesus, it would be very in right now. Jesus is trans. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Hot takes. <laughs> but like, again, it's like, it's a chapel run by a man about a woman Jesus where he worships her. Eye roll inducing. So, but I think it's, I think it's also kind of winking at that. Like, you know, come on, this guy, he's just, uh, he's crazy. Oh yeah, no, all of the men in this are horrible. Again, except for Stanley Tucci, who is happily married <laughs> to a woman who he's having a baby with and runs a gallery. Like, I don't, are they married? Or did it turn out? secretly that they were well maybe they weren't married but they're like happily partnered with each other you know like neither of them are sleeping around right all right yeah right and he seems like an honorable guy getting like real artists off the subway you know and then when they get too big they go to this other terrible guy victor ah this hack <laughs> okay but let's let's go back to the scene Sorry. within a scene yeah, the, the scene two scenes scene. happening simultaneously in these two different comic book panels. So we've got, you know, two two former lovers kind of reuniting as as Daria was attempting to go off to Rome with this other artist. Um, and it's it's contrasted with uh, our main character, who I can only think of as Bernadette. I do not know or remember what her actual name is. Eleanor. Eleanor, yes. God, what is Eleanor doing in this scene? I don't think Eleanor was in oh, this scene. I think the, the one that was happening at the same time was Stash. Talking yes, to Prince right. Humperdinck. That's what it was. And Prince Humperdinck is like, I just don't think you're like a mature human adult. You're like a bad boyfriend and like kind of a child. Yeah. And then and then, you know, Stash, who's the the epitome of a bad boyfriend, Eleanor's boyfriend. Uh, but he's an artist. But all he paints are these <laughs> <laughs> These Andy Warhol parodies where instead of Campbell's soup, it's a Popeye spinach can. And instead of, instead of, it's, it's pop art, right. but it's Popeye art. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of fun, but like, whatever. It's not art. It's not high art. Well, you know? is it, David? Who are you to say that? Isn't, isn't that what I, we try I'm, to... I'm going to say... I'm going to say it's bad. All right, but yes, that's right. It's it, it's the bad boyfriend who is being, uh, you know, put in his place, kind of, after Eleanor has had her success. Right. Should we jump back to the first scene where he's he's introduced? He's the worst. He's just the worst. He, he's introduced as, like, this neurotic, like, you brought a flea into my house on your on your flea-bitten dog. Now get out of the house and, and strip for me. Because you'll you'll bring disease into the house. You're dirty, Bernadette. He literally just negs her the entire movie and gaslights her and like sea lions are like Do you have any any good key gaslighting scenes or key uh good lines of, oh, of, God. of negging? When she just like goes she she meets a guy who's a writer and they have coffee and she says at the outset, she's like, This isn't a date, right? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, it's not a date. And, like, we as the audience know that he's kind of a creep and, like, wants it to be not a date, but he's... She, like, believes him. Um, and, you know, he writes... He, he gives her a copy of his book, and he signs it and says, In friendship, Mikael. <laughs> and, you know, she takes it back. She's like, yeah, I met this guy. He was very kind. Like, I think we could be friends. His his girlfriend's also an artist. Look, here's his book. And she shows it to... to <laughs> Her boyfriend. He's just like, you're showing me your little love notes? You're you're so insecure. <laughs> and she's like, what? I don't understand how this means I'm insecure. And he's like, you just, you just 
think about it. You just think about it. <laughs> but I love the way he says that she's insecure yeah. because he says, you know what? You know what I hate the most about yes. you? And she starts like listing like, you know, things that she hates about herself Ugh. or that she thinks that he hates about her. My, that I'm like messy. Like all of these horrible things that he's clearly accused her of being in the past. And it's just and like. And then he goes, no, <laughs> it's that you're insecure. Yeah. And you just proved it by. <laughs> By negging yourself, and therefore, checkmate. By your logic, I have confirmed. And she's, like, sitting there crying because he's fucking abusing her. And I'm just like, I can't sit through 90 more minutes of this. And then I did. I sat through 90 more <laughs> minutes of it while he cheats on her and uh, other terrible things happen. Yeah. A f- oh, wait. Another important whomst we also in this one. The guy who gives Eleanor her big break, David. Yes. Steve Buscemi. This is the first film in which Steve Buscemi, Buscemi, actually. Oh, excuse me. Mind you. <laughs> Uh, and and Stanley Tucci appear in the same film, and it would go on to, I'm sure, inspire their many collaborations in the future and their co-productions that they've done together. I don't know if they if they actually act together that often, but they 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 do not. They've produced films together, and they are good friends. They seem like they would be. They're the only two decent people, like men, in this film, and like they prove it over and over again. It's great. And they're as, as far as actors go, they're the only ones who are still big names yeah. today. Uh, no one else. No one else is still a name. You know, it's it's. It's a shame. I mean, we love Prince Humperdinck. We love Kingsley Shacklebolt. We love, we love them. But but are they still names? Uh, no. You know, and and the answer is no. And like a lot of people on this cast list are literally, it's like this movie and like a short film, right? And that's their whole, their whole IMDb. Like the guy, um, you know, she Bernadette Peters ultimately ends up with at the end of the film, who who is like a a horse. <laughs> breeder or something he's like a horse he sells horse semen yes well yes yes and he rides a motorcycle which she's very into right and he and he broke up with his girlfriend literally like hours after speaking to Bernadette for the first time so you know he's a classy dude and this won't end in disaster Uh, but this time she's got the apartment because that's the whole that's the premise of Slaves of New York is that you know, you're a slave to your significant other who you who owns the apartment. And to your landlord. Yes. Which, like, fair enough, true, but, like... But the word slave, maybe? Yeah, not great. I mean, seems a little white feminist to me, just to... It's incredibly white feminist, which is why the comparison to girls. Just a smidge? <laughs> uh, I, I did count the black characters in the, in the show, which may, might make me the racist, if I'm being honest, but... <laughs> But it's very small number. It's like three women who walk by as a slideshow. Well, I thought they were. I thought they were drag queens. Were they not? Oh, drag are queens? they drag queens? I thought they were. I could be wrong. But they were wearing very tight dresses, and they had big hairdos, and they were singing, well, lip syncing, and dancing down the street at like you know six in the morning. Fifties like doo ops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought they they might be drag queens. We didn't get uh, a very good look at them. That's fine. I don't know, but that was it. Did I didn't see anyone else? No, there was them, and then there was another musician uh, who was the the lead oh, that's guitarist true. and singer of the band. There was a uh, there was a background uh, player in the in the pickup baseball game. Okay, which I I did like the baseball 
game scene. The baseball game was fun. And that's where we first meet Stanley Tucci, is he's introduced as the the partner of this woman who Eleanor is friends with, and he's off-screen throwing up from nerves. Yeah, he shows up super super covertly. It's almost blink and you miss it, which it's almost like tongue-in-cheek, like they knew this guy was going to be a star, (laughs) and so they wanted to introduce him in the most, like, non-introduction, casual way possible. Although a lot of the introductions in this film are very casual. But... But it's just, she's talking about, oh, he's he's over there throwing up. <laughs> and then, like, Bernadette leaves the scene, and he just pops up and is like, all right, how's the game going? <laughs> she's like, you feeling better? And he's like, no. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> he has so many, like, like little lines that I know he improvised in this. Maybe, sure. I'll, 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 I'll go and I'll, I'll prove it to you, because you'll when you hear it, you'll you'll be like, oh, I, I didn't even hear that line. I wasn't thinking of the other film. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know that he improvised this line, but I just thought the line, uh, you know, about pouring ice cream over oh. that little bastard's head and that, and, you know, you know, I just felt like that had such a Tucci voice to because it. Because he, he does this. He can take a script. And, and not that I think this was necessarily a bad script or anything, but, like, he can take a script and really just, like, bring it to life. No matter what the line is. Right. So in, in the next scene that we see Tucci in, so they're hanging out in this limousine with this, you know, art uh, gallery. No, no, he's just an art buyer. Yeah, he's a he's a, wealthy, he's a wealthy art collector. And they're in his limousine and there's like a bunch of, you know, women packed into this small space and the men are creepy and touching on the women, except for Stanley Tucci, who is in the passenger seat of a limo, which I've never even seen anyone in in any media. That's not true. The passenger the passenger seat, like, in front of the divider. Yeah. I've never seen anyone in, in any piece of media sitting in that seat. But he was wearing a Kangol hat, as you can see in, in my little screen if you're watching the video. <laughs> um, and and he's got sunglasses on, and he's he's just, like, peeking over the divider. And then when um, when one of the the women Bernadette is trying to leave, uh, the, he he sort of taps this creepy guy on the shoulder. He's like, "Let her go. Let her go. Let her go. Just let her go. Let, Don't worry. Let, let her Don't out. Don't do it, bro." <laughs> and this is like a really creepy guy who said that he just got arrested for strangling cats. Yeah. Really or he doesn't want to get arrested for strangling cat. Whatever. He's no, in- no. It's it's that he he was in a mental institution. He was in Bellevue for ten days because he was strangling cats. Oh jeez. So yeah, not great. So he's you know sort of male feminist until you you get to a later scene where you see him chatting with the boys when the women aren't around and he's at this party with with the boys and uh, you know one of them's talking about how like a woman threw up in in his car. And then he leans and he says, she probably went to her friends and then complained about what you did to her. No, see, I didn't read this as him being anti-feminist. I think he was, because the guy was explaining, he's like, oh yeah, I got her drunk and then we did some hash and then I drank more shit. And he's like, she probably went home to her friends and complained about what you did to her. That's what I read it as. I have a I have a different interpretation of that scene. You all are free to make your own in infer whatever you like. What I took it as was this was revealing that Stanley Tucci is not not quite so much male feminist, you know, 
We all, behind closed doors, you never know. Hashtag rape culture. Well, that's that's what I thought he was saying, was that he was saying, you know, I bet she was upset about what you did, but who had to clean up her, you know, vomit out of your car? So that that was my interpretation. I don't know. I thought he was more razzing the guy. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's up to you guys to make a determination. It's 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 ambiguous. And uh, and then there's the the intermediate scene where he just casually walks into a woman's bathroom and talks about pouring ice cream on a on a bastard. Yeah, head. but he shares the ice cream with his wife or his partner at least. So. That's kind of nice. Right. Very nice. Um, another another tagline for this film, other than it has everything, might be only in New York. Oh, it's <laughs> that seems to be only in New York is the vibe of the entire film. Yeah, the, the just the set design, the production design, I think is like worth commenting on because you'll just go into someone's house and it'll just be like, oh yeah, there's just a statue of Woodrow Wilson just sitting there. Well, they're a bunch of weird artists. And oh yeah. And like, I've... I've been to a house opera before, you know, like, shit like that does happen here, you know? Maybe you're not so square after oh, all. Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, I think that the, the set design, the costume design, what all the, these people are wearing is so oh late God. 80s artsy in New York. The costumes uh, are fucking out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is sort of the plot because of course Bernadette's character Eleanor uh she makes hats. And they're weird hats. Which is I think framed in just the right amount of irony yeah. where of course, yeah, she really does make hats and people really do like them, but they are the ugliest, worst goddamn hats. I will say I did like the one hat she wore in the beginning that had like the fake cigarette uh, like ashtray on it. I thought that I, I, was ugly as sin. Not necessarily the ashtray part, but just the whole rest of it and the way it sat on her head. If I had the right outfit, I'd wear it. I was vibing. <laughs> right. But that's what Steve Steve Buscemi's character, um, I think his name is like... Uh, it's like Wilfred or Walter or something. Wil, Wil, Wilfredo. Wilfredo, there you go. Because he's still Italian. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he loves these hats yeah. and he's just very casually like... Yeah, these hats are great, you know? They they go they go with my outfits. Because his outfits are like a furry coat that he describes as extremely flammable <laughs> with a big long tail that drags on the ground. The most impractical thing in New York. If there is one thing you don't want, it is clothing that drags on the ground in New York. Like, especially in the 80s. But I think it's copping to that. I mean, she picks know, up the tail when she goes to leave. Yes. So it's like, of course, yes, this is a completely impractical piece of clothing and impracticality and the art scene are so like thematically tied together in yes, this film. Yes, several people sit on chairs that just immediately fall apart in the film. And this has happened to me at a party and it's extremely awkward is that you go to sit down on a chair and it's not really a functional chair but no one's mentioned it to you. <laughs> And you thought it was just a chair. And then, boom. Oh, no. And then suddenly you're on the ground and everyone is checking to see if you're okay. And you're like, yeah. I'm fine. I just didn't know it wasn't a chair. It, you can't really hurt yourself that bad sitting on a chair and having it collapse under you because you're just, you're falling like a foot. Unless it's like a Game of Thrones chair that's got like knives on it. <laughs> but but then you're on the floor right. at a party. Yeah. And... And everyone's looking at you, and it's the, worst. it's the worst. And parties being the worst is a big part yes. of this. But the only thing worse than a party is a party of art 
art students yes. or artists. Well, no, art snobs, because it's not art students. It's art snobs, because I have been to plenty of parties well, with... some art students are snobs. Most art students are not snobs. Like, New York art okay. students, yes. I, I, would, <laughs> I would guess, yes. But, like, in my experience, the other art, like, kids and students that I have uh, experienced... The opposite. <laughs> Don't add us, NYU yeah. or, or kids. It's, I mean, please add us. Let's fight about it. Come on our podcast. Let's fight. It's better than your podcast <laughs> about, I don't know, frame-by-frame frame recaps of Steven Universe. I don't know what you do. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Is there anything else about this movie? Uh, let, let me, let me, oh, of course. I almost forgot to mention the Japanese TV station. Oh, God, yeah. Which, there's a, a subplot at the art gallery run by Humperdinck where he's being filmed by these Japanese television filmmakers and they're just there to sort of alienate the characters from their being on screen to show to sort of break the fourth wall without breaking it and they just are props yeah i mean but eleanor does invite them to the party and they do show up up. so so that's fun um and then there's of course some other uh you know late 80s feminist you know the 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 bubblings of feminist critique in this sort of indie film where we have you know she goes to the doctor and the doctor is very dismissive of her symptoms of constantly fainting in nightclubs he just says you faint in nightclubs that's just something that women do right which is like what are you talking about? Uh, it's it's uh, vasovagal syncope, um, but but vasovagal syncope has more to do with like fainting at the sight of blood, and so it's associated with you know the feminine, and it's you know this sort of male diagnosis of of I know. a female problem. Also, just the idea that women faint at the sight of blood is just like I can't even begin to go into that one. Right. I mean, it's I'm sure it is you know somewhat socially constructed and that it, it exists in part because it's expected to exist it's a it's an issue that creates itself i mean people say people faint at blood yes yes do. people do but i'm just saying many many people who are female see blood on a monthly basis <laughs> so <laughs> anyway yeah, the doctor sucks. He gives her some smelling salts, and she's like, mm, "Gee, thanks." Were, were there any other moments that you, that you noticed? There was. I think the key neg from Stash, the bad boyfriend, was the final one that the, the straw that sort of breaks the camel's back. Even after Eleanor has left him for you know his cheating, she still misses him and continues to miss him. But they have a final confrontation. And he says... After she's successful. After she's successful, of course. After she's put on a big fashion show with hats. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and she sa- uh, he, he, he says, I saw on TV the other night that this woman said that, they, that in order to have a successful marriage, you need to have four levels of compatibility. Emotional, spiritual, intellectual, and physical. And the problem that we, we could never work, uh, Eleanor. And she says, why is that? Well, because we're only compatible in two ways. And she's like, oh yeah, which two? Uh-huh. And he's like, the intellectual and the physical. And he's and she goes, you're a, an immature jerk. Yeah. <laughs> like you're you're just a jerk. That's an asshole thing to say to someone that you cannot connect to someone emotionally. You can't sympathize or empathize with someone. You can't r- recognize someone's spirit, their personhood. 
Like, it's such a dick it's thing It's such to a say. dick thing to say. But also, that she's like, you're getting your fucking, like, relationship advice from a random lady on a, like, reality TV show? <laughs> like, who are you? Right. Instead of all the times I've told you that we're not connecting and that we're not communicating. Right. Or that I need more. Or that you're treating me poorly. And he's like, nah, you're just insecure, <laughs> you dumb bitch. <laughs> Like, yeah, she says, I thought I was sick, but you're really sick. Um, and it's a nice, it's a decent final tell-off as uh, final tell-offs yeah. go. And then a taxi just comes, like, running through their crowd and no one blinks because it's New York. New York! Taxis just run on the sidewalk sometimes. I mean, I will say, I have... I have seen cars actually just drive on the sidewalk, but, like, not usually speeding through crowds of people. Right. Well, I think, obviously, there's an element of... of Drama. Uh, you know, artistic artistic license, I would say, where things are exaggerated. Well, yeah, yeah. and, you know, you need an, you need an excuse for, for Stash to, to save Eleanor and look heroic for a moment before, you know, she gets to do the final tell-off. Right, of course. And then, uh, of course, you know, the, the, the themes of the film, like, what are the, are there takeaways besides, you know, sexist men bad, which they are? Get your own apartment, even if it sucks. Get your own apartment, independence... Financial independence, economic dependence. Network enough until you can, like, give the middle finger to all the assholes you don't like and just stick with the people who, who you do. There's there's also th this element of, like, women who don't support women, women who hate women. Kind of. Uh, you know, there's there's a, you know, when, when she's uh, suspected of cheating on this woman's boyfriend, or with this woman's boyfriend. Mikael. She says, you know, women in New York... The problem is they don't support each other. The men hate women and the women hate women, you know? So who's looking out for us? And then later on in the film, she's hosting this party and she accidentally doesn't think to invite any of her female friends except for one. Uh, and then that woman is so intimidated by all of the men that she hides in the bathroom and then leaves. Um, and so, you, you know, it, she does she have some sort of internalized misogyny Probably. Uh, Who doesn't? you know it's 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 a complex theme that is not dealt with in any r resolution or any very literary very very short story very just some things happened and then they went home very proto girls <laughs> If you if you want to watch this and then binge girls it's like oh okay yeah i i get it New York is hard. <laughs> Oof, being a woman, man. Sex is fun sometimes, but look at all these sluts, question mark, shrug. Yeah, but but feel free to watch and make your own decisions about it or or don't. Just take our word for it. And and enjoy the tooch along the way. Enjoy the tooch as the 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 main character of the film, Daryl. Daryl. Uh, who great. appears in two scenes. Like four, but like not a lot. <laughs> I think it's probably a total of like three minutes of screen time in this like two hour movie. <laughs> Uh, but but oh, isn't it glorious? It's so glorious. And, uh, and he's a supporter of the arts and a supporter of women, and except for when he's except not. Except for when he's not. <laughs> uh, and on that note, we will bid you adieu and see you next time, Tuchaholics. See you later. Jesus is trans.